Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Praying and thank you for expecting. Well, I'm going to go ahead and get in it. And so today, the title of the message is, I believe God would have us to put on love, put on love, put on love. Why don't you just look to your neighbor and say, put on love, put on love. Come on, put on love. We're going to go somewhere here now. Put on love, not put on love, but put on love. We'll talk more about that. You know, um, come on, I think we can all agree on a couple of statements here I'm about to make that, you know, that the world that we live in right now is full of a lot of uh, loud screaming and yelling. Now, there was some loud screaming and yelling going on yesterday as the Lady Rebels won their basketball game and advanced on to the fourth round we give God praise for those young ladies, and I thank God for, but it, that was, uh, listen, I was right there in the middle of it, amen. I was uh, screaming, yelling, but it was, a, it was a good scream, it was a good yell. You're cheering these young ladies on and, and supporting them and encouraging them, but what I'm talking about is what we see going on in the world around us right now. Uh, we see our world full of a lot of screaming and yelling at one another and lashing out at one another. Now, we see that going on in the world, and we can kind of expect that to go on in the world, really, but you know what? It's sad when it's God's people doing that. And so we see a lot of screaming and lashing out at people, and we see a world that uh, I, I believe, you know, and you may disagree, but just a world that's full of a lot of hate and hostility. To me, it seems like that there, there's a spirit of antagonism that has really been released into our, our society, our culture today. What I mean by that is that in spirit of antagonism is just, a, uh, you know, we have no problem offending people. We have no problem attacking people. We have no problem trying to destroy somebody, uh, their reputation, their family. We see it going on all the time. You see it especially uh, in politics. But it seems like that spirit of uh, hostility and just antagonism has infiltrated the hearts of most people. And the Bible tells us now, because if you read your Bible, you'll know what I'm about to say, that the Bible tells us that uh, as the days go and we prepare for the coming of the Lord, that the love of most will grow cold. Now, the good news is it says the love of most. Not everybody's going to grow cold in their love. And I think that's the exception for us as Christians. But most people's love the Bible tells us will grow cold. And, and we, see the, we see this love growing cold day by day. I mean, we all see it, right? We see love growing cold. And, and how many of you know that in a cold world full of uh, yelling and screaming and a lot of lashing out toward people that, that we really need a revival of love? We, we need a revival of love. 
So that takes me to the, to the, back to the title again, Put on Love, Put on Love, because we need a revival of love. It's interesting to me that just a few weeks ago on that Wednesday night prayer service at Asbury uh, campus in that chapel where they're having a prayer service it's interesting to me that on that first night that ignited that revival that is now uh, blowing across the, uh, our nation and through different campuses and different places it's amazing what God is doing right now but what's interesting is that on the night that they, they had that prayer service and they closed that prayer service in prayer that the prayer was the closing prayer by that speaker that day was God would you fill us with your love so we can express your love to the world and that we can express your love to the nations? Isn't it, isn't it interesting that that was the prayer and then when the prayer was over with, then people began to come to the altar and seek the Lord to be filled with his love. People left the, the, the chapel that night and, and something, the wind blew them right back on in. The wind of the Holy Spirit blew them back in and they began to cry out around the altar that God would fill them with love and the reason why is so they could express God's love to the world and to the nations around us. Listen, don't miss this because we have really got it all upside down here uh, the way we do Christianity. We think Christianity is you get saved, you come to church for an hour on Sunday, you might come on Wednesday night and you might plug in here and there and then you're kind of out doing your own thing and you think that's Christianity. Listen, you, you were not saved so you could just come to church for one hour on Sunday. You were saved so you could be filled with the love of God and you could express that love to the world around you. That's, that's, that is what we're called to do. So we need this revival of love and that's why this past Wednesday night uh, in our prayer service that we have here on Wednesday night, every Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, we're right here having a prayer service and we gathered around this altar this past Wednesday night and different ones led us in prayer and one of the prayers that we were led in that we prayed was we were going to seek God we were seeking God around the altar that God would fill us with his love that we could express his love to the world around us and we could take it not only to the world around us but we can take it to the nations so God help us to have this revival of love we, we need a revival of love and Paul tells us how we can have this revival of love very practical how Paul talks to us when he's talking about this new life in Christ uh, being renewed in Christ uh, what that revived life will look like and we find it in Colossians chapter 3 so if you have your Bibles turn to Colossians chapter 3 if you have some kind of device you can pull up you can follow along with me because what I'm about to read to you is powerful God's word is powerful, but this right here, I pray it will grab a hold of every heart in here because we all want to have a revival of love in our own life. So Paul tells us how we can live this revived life, what it looks like. So in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, 12 through 14. Hey, while I'm reading this to you, you can almost turn this into like a, like a quiz or an exam. And while I'm reading it, you can kind of grade yourself on how you're doing with this, with this love test, with the love test. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, Paul says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, 
and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. It's quiet. And above all these virtues, everything that I just read to you, Paul says above all these virtues, here we go, put on love. Put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Some translations say perfect harmony, like a, like a music being played. It's just a beautiful song when you, when you put on love. It brings it all together. It's like an orchestra working together. Put on love. Put on love. Paul said that we're to put on love. You know why we need to put on love? We need to put on love because it reflects our Savior put on love because it reflects our Savior. How many of you want to reflect Jesus wherever you go? That's part of our mission that we would reflect Jesus by seeking the lost and serving the suffering and sharing life together. That word reflect in there is not a mistake. We want to reflect Jesus. And God's people, we should be reflecting, reflecting the love of Christ to a world that is lacking love, a world that is growing cold in love. We need to be reflectors of that love we need to we need to put on the love of Jesus Christ you know why because when we put on the love of Jesus Christ it's powerful it's powerful because love will overcome hatred and 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 love gives hope to the hopeless and and love speaks truth when truth needs to be spoken and love breaks down walls and and love builds bridges and and love changes hearts and love changes people and the Bible says love covers a multitude of sin Every follower of Jesus Christ should be reflecting his love to one another. We should be reflecting the love of Christ to one another. They should have let me preach that at that ball game yesterday. Jesus said these words here. Jesus said in John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35, Jesus said, a new command I give you. A new command, Jesus says, I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So what's going to be, how are you going to reflect Christ? What is, what's going to happen in your life that's going to reflect Christ? It's not going to be the, it's not going to be the denomination that you're affiliated with. It's not going to be the name of the church that you attend. It's, it's not going to be the way that you, you dress. It's not going to be... Uh, the Bible you carry, what is going to be a reflection that points people to Jesus Christ? It's going to be love. It's going to be love. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples, not because of the church you attend, not because of the Bible you carry, not because of the denomination you're filled with. All men are going to know you're my disciples by love, by love, by love. You think that when you get to heaven and you stand before, when you stand before the Lord, you think he... He's going to ask you what was the name of your church and what translation that you carried around with you and what denomination you were affiliated with. Listen, all that's out the window there. It's all about love. It's all about love. So we're to put on love. And Jesus wants more than anything for his church to be a reflector of his love. So what does that love of Christ look like? What does the love of Christ look like? I, I want to be a reflector of God's love. I want to reflect the love of Jesus Christ. So, so what does it look like? Well, Paul tells us there, and he also tells us in 1 Corinthians, he says love is patient. How you doing with that? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. 
Love is not proud. Love is not rude. Love is not self-seeking. Love is not easily angered. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. And love never fails. Everything that we do in our life, everything that we do, everything that we do in our life, our daily life, should be done in love. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 through 14 to do everything in love. Not do some things, but do everything in love. Everything. That means every work, every word, every action, every reaction, every interaction that you have should be done in love. Be done in love. Now, how many, how many of you know this morning that that is completely impossible in our own strength? We, we can't do that. We can't. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. I can't do that. You can't do that. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to fill us. We need the Lord to fill us. We need the Holy Spirit to come and fill us that part of the fruit of the Spirit is love. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit to, to fill us, to empower us. Romans 5.5 5 says this, that God has poured out, poured out his love like a, like a bucket. He's pouring out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. If you want this kind of love where you're doing everything in love toward all people, like I've mentioned here in Corinthians and also in Colossians, you need to pray, God, pour out his love into your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. How in the world can we reflect the love of Christ? God has to pour his love into our hearts. God has to pour. We, we need to ask, listen, friend, if you're struggling in this area, uh, if you're trying to do this in your own strength and you're getting so discouraged, you need to ask the Holy Spirit to pour out the love of Christ into your heart. I need to pray, Holy Spirit, pour out your love into my heart. We need the Holy Spirit to, to, to fill us with love so we can put on love so we can reflect our Savior, Jesus Christ. When you feel your love growing cold, and friend, let me tell you, there'll be days that you feel like your love is growing cold. When you feel like your love is growing cold, you need to get somewhere and have a fresh encounter with the Lord, and you need to ask the Lord to baptize you in His love. And you need to believe God that He wants you to be a love walker and a love talker to the people around you. God, we need the Holy Spirit to pour out love in us so we can walk in love and talk in love and do everything in love. We need a revival of love. We need to let the love of God fill us so we can go into this world and we can express that love to everyone around us. Come on, church. Listen, this is just a reminder. We need to put on love because we need a revival of love so we can express the love of God. Now, I struggle with it just like you all struggle with it. In fact, like two weeks ago on a Thursday, I had to take my youngest son, Lucas, to go get his permit, take the permit test. We had to go to the DMV. How many of you know you need a revival of love before you go into the DMV? You need a revival of love. In case you don't know already, let me go ahead and inform you. The DMV, and, uh, where you get your permit and driving test, they closed down here in Mount Olive. They're no longer here. So you have to go to Keenansville or go to Goldsboro. Just a little friendly nugget there for you. And we were told 
go to Keenansville, go to Keenansville and go there. They open at 8, get right there at 8 o'clock and you'll be fine. Lucas and I rolled in at 8.10 and the place is packed. The place is packed. There's nowhere to even sit in the lobby. It's packed. You have to go in. You have to check in through a computer and all that kind of good stuff and get a number. And we're standing there in a hallway and there's nowhere to sit. And, and all of a sudden the door opens and here he comes. A man walks in. He's in his late 60s. He could have been in his early 70s. And he looked like he had just taken the transmission out of his truck. And he had, on a, he had on a little visor and he had a pair of reading glasses. I wish I had mine so I could hang them down on my nose. He had them hanging down on his nose. He had a pair on his head and he had a pair hanging around his neck. And, and he walked in that door and flung it up and, and he was just, he was, it, it, listen, I know he was geeking. He was, he was out there. He was running 75 and a 35. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about when I say he was geeking. He, he was juiced up. He was juiced up. And he, he came in the back door and he smiled. And, I, and look, my son Lucas is in that live stream room right now. He'll come down and just the Lord's honest truth. The man didn't have his two front teeth at the top and bottom were gone. And, and he was a talker. He was a talker. He came right in and here I am and there he is. And, and we made, we, you know, we were friends right away. And, and he was talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and I was here yesterday, I was here yesterday, I'm coming back today, I'm coming back today, I got to driving test, I lost my license, I haven't had no license in four years and he was just spinning around, spinning around. And uh, anyway, the, 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 the lobby, finally two seats cleared out and Lucas and I, we were next in line so we went and sat down and then finally another seat cleared and guess where it was at? Right beside me. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and he comes over there and he sits down and he goes to talking and talking and talking and talking and he's going at it, going at it, going at it. And, you know, I'm trying my best here and there to get a word in. And finally they call Lucas back to go take the test. I go back with him to get him all set up and I come back to the lobby and there he is and I sit back down in there right beside him and, and he had been talking and been talking and been sharing all kinds of stuff about what he does for a living. And he looked at me and said, now tell me what you do. I was like, finally my chance. <laughs> and he had been letting some words go, let me tell you. And I said, well, I pastor a church. And he said, you pastor a church? I said, yes, sir. And the next words out of his mouth, God honest truth, he said, I'm trying to think how many cuss words I've said since I've been here. <laughs> That's what he said. And I said, sir, you don't need to worry about me. Jesus is the one that's always looking and listening. And he was there, and I began to talk to him about, you know, hey, let me, I pastor a church, but let me tell you, this is what God has done for me in my life. I had a chance to witness to him at the DMV, at the DMV now. But here's the thing I want to get to. I actually told him, I said, listen, sir, I want you to know something. God loves you. He loves you. And the reason I know he loves you is because he sent his son Jesus to die for you, just like he sent his son Jesus to die for me, and he changed my life. And, man, he began to, oh, you're talking about talking. He went to talking then about how his children, he's been through a divorce, his whole life had crumbled. A very intelligent man, smart man when it comes to some things with mechanics. But you know what? I could, listen, and, and, and I'm not doing this to sound braggadocious or anything like that, but... <clears throat> I could have easily tried to ignore him. 
I could have ignored him and just been like, I'm here with my son. We're just trying to get a permit today. Can, can you leave me alone? I could have ignored him. You know what I could have done? I could have said, you know what? Could you just watch your mouth a little bit? I could have said that. I could have said, you know, can you watch your mouth? But I didn't because the Bible says, you know, we're to be patient, we're to be kind, we're to be gentle. And it opened up the door for me to be able to share with him that God loves him. And the reason I know that is because Jesus Christ died for you. And listen to me. My son went in there and praised the Lord on the first try. He passed the test. He passed the test. I know you're up there listening, Lucas. I'm proud of you. He passed the test. We were getting ready to walk outside. You go out a different door. You can't go back through the lobby. And I told Lucas, go ahead, because we were gonna let, I was going to let him drive back to the school. And I went into the lobby, and, and, and there he was. And, and I went there, and I said, I, I stepped in there, and I said, I enjoyed you talking to you, and I'm glad I had a chance to meet you. And the Lord hit me later on. I wonder if anybody's ever told that man that somebody was glad to meet him that somebody was glad they had a chance to talk to him. I wonder if he's ever even heard that from anybody. But I'm telling you right now, the love of God can tear down walls. The love of God can build bridges. I wish y'all could have been there. Lord, help me move on. That man, he had to do the driving test. And his truck, like, I, look, you couldn't even see the truck from buckets. And that woman that was giving the DM test had to drive with him. I told Lucas when we were getting in the car, I saw him pull out of the parking lot. I said, it's going to be the shortest driving test that man's ever had in his life. <laughs> if he's listening this morning, God bless you, sir. Hey, can we be the person that walks in the room and people see Christ in you? Because we've got the love of Christ on us. We put on the love every day. Listen, just like you got up this morning and you, you got dressed, can you, can you put on love every day so when you walk in the room people see Christ can, can you be the person that expresses God's love to the people around you don't, don't be the person that expresses uh, hate don't, don't be the, the person to express your opinion or you know I understand the language wasn't that great and I could have probably said some things to him but don't, don't be that person that expresses judgment on somebody else just be the person that expresses the love of Christ to others put on love so you can reflect Jesus to the lost come on amen and we need to put on love, my goodness, because it's sincere. Paul said in Romans 12, 9, love must be sincere. You, you can't pretend to have this love. If you try to pretend to have this kind of love and not have really sincere love, then the Bible says, really, Jesus said, you're a fake or a phony. And people are going to see right through that. You know... You, uh, you know what I'm so happy for you God bless you for all that God is doing in your life and then as soon as they turn their back you're, 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 you're uh, tearing them down under your breath and behind their back instead of blessing them you're saying I'd love to bust them in the face on Sunday you got your hands up in church praising God declaring how much you love the Lord but during the week 
you're tearing people down on social media or in your break room at work. Sincere love, you can't pretend to have it. And sincere love, you can't work it up. You can't, listen, you, you can come to this altar and stay here 24-7 and say, Lord, I'm going to love, I'm going to love, I'm going to love, I'm going to love, I'm going, I am going to love. Today, I'm going to love. It's Monday, tomorrow morning, and when I walk out of these doors, I'm going to love. And by lunchtime, you've been to the DMV. Lord, help us. You've already lashed out at somebody. Instead of putting on love, you put a few, place, few people in their place. And you put them down. God, help us to be a sincere church of love, with sincere love. That's my heart for this church, that we would have a God's sincere love in our life. Can you imagine how powerful our witness would be to those around us if we walked in sincere love each day? If we walked in sincere love each day, we wouldn't walk around with a, with a chip on our shoulder hoping somebody would just dare to knock it off. If we walked around in sincere love, we wouldn't be walking around stirring up drama and stirring up division. If we walked around with sincere love, we wouldn't walk around with a bad attitude. We wouldn't walk around self-centered. You know what I mean. It's, it's my way or the highway. I'm right, you're wrong. Nobody in this church does that, but I'm just saying other churches and other places. We, we can't pretend to have sincere love and we can't try to work this love up. God has to be the one by the Holy Spirit to pour this love in our heart. We have to make ourselves receptive so God can pour this love into our heart. In fact, sincere love will not be shallow love because the Bible says that we're to love one another deeply. We're to love one another. Sincere love will be a deep love, not a shallow love. So let me ask you this question. Are you having a hard time loving a certain person in your life with a deep, sincere love. Maybe this morning you're kind of fuming on the inside by what somebody said to you or done to you or not done to you. Maybe this morning someone has caused you to go historical. Well, Pastor, don't you mean hysterical? No, I mean historical. I've counseled enough people over the last few years to know that you can get so aggravated with people and so upset with people that you will go historical, not hysterical. What do you mean by historical? I've seen it time and time again where people that have been hurt, they go back to the past and they replay that thing over and over and over until they get worked up into a frenzy and they're frazzled and they're mad and they're fuming and what they do is just go back in history and they keep hitting the replay button on things that have happened to them and they've gone historical and now they're holding a grudge against someone they're looking for ways to pay back someone and my encouragement and my counsel to anyone here today if you're in that place get alone in the presence of God and ask him to pour out his sincere love in your heart so you will burn with love you want your heart burning with love not with anger not with bitterness not with resentment we want our hearts to be burning with a sincere love time is crucial relationships are vital we don't have time to allow the devil to slide his way in come on friend we gotta guard our hearts and we ask God to pour his love into our hearts so we can express that love to all people. We need to make sure that we have a sincere love. And I'm almost done. 
Lord help me we need to put on love because it's supportive Jesus gave an example of supportive love if you look in Matthew 25 35 through 36 what does supportive love look like supportive, you can tell somebody you love them all day but when those feet start moving to help them that's supportive love Jesus gave an example there he says for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink I was a stranger and you invited me in I needed clothes and you clothed me I was sick and you, you looked after me I was in prison and you, you came to visit me Jesus has given a powerful illustration there of what supportive love looks like let me tell you what supportive love is not Saturday, last Saturday we got in our car to drive to Goldsboro and Lucas just got his permit and he hadn't drove a whole lot they're upstairs fuming right now, I can tell you. Caden's up there with him. We got, in the, we got in the car, and Lucas is going to drive to Goldsboro, in Goldsboro traffic. And he gets in the front seat, and I tell Lisa, you can sit in the front with him. <laughs> and, and I know, I know I'm brave and courageous and such a loving man of God. And Lucas and me and Caden, we get in the back seat, and he puts that thing in reverse, pulls out of the garage, gets ready to go in, uh, on the driveway to get on the road, and Caden's in the back seat, and he says, we're going to die. <laughs> that is not supportive love right there. And I'm like, Supportive love is the kind of love we need to give to other people. The Good Samaritan. What a powerful picture of supportive love. The Good Samaritan loved a poor man who had been attacked and robbed and left for dead. The Good Samaritan supported, he, he had a supportive love that was shown by his response. Listen to what I'm about to say. He saw a person in need and he did something to help. He saw a person with a need and he did something to help. Well, that's not very deep. No, but that's very powerful. He saw someone with a need and he did something to help. He didn't turn his head, but he loved enough to get right in the middle of somebody's mess and help with needs. Supportive love will look for people to help. Supportive love will help meet needs. Supportive love will get right in the middle of somebody's mess to encourage them and help them. Supportive love will help looking nothing for in return. Oh, I'm going to help you, but you better help me. That's not supportive love. Supportive love, I'm going to help you, and I don't expect nothing in return. I just want to be a blessing to you. I want to help you. Supportive love will act with compassion. Supportive love will act with mercy and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. Patience. Supportive love will forgive grievances that you have against one another. God help us to have a supportive love. Don't you want God to fill you with a supportive love? Come on. I, I want to reflect Jesus as my Savior with love. I want to have a sincere love. I want to have a supportive love. I want our church to walk in that kind of love. And the very last thing I'm going to tell you before we pray is that we need to put on love because it's supreme. It's supreme. Paul said this, all these virtues are great, 
But above all, above all, put on love. Not put on your opinion. Put on love. Above everything, put on love. Above your political party, put on love. Nothing goes above love. Love is supreme. In fact, Paul says there's faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Love. God is love. It's a supreme love. And listen, if you read the scriptures, you you can be so holy that, that you walk on water and glow in the dark. But if you don't have love, you're nothing. You, you can operate and flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but Paul says if you don't have love, you're nothing. You can have the gift of prophecy, but if you don't have love, you're nothing. Listen, you can, you can sing like nobody else could ever sing, but without love, you're nothing. You can preach like nobody else can preach, but without love, you're nothing. You can, you can know the Word, memorize the Word. You can walk around with your big Bible all you want to, friend, but without love, we are nothing. Love is supreme. Love is supreme. And we need to put on God's love so we can have a love for all people. All people. A supreme love that will compel you to seek the lost and serve the suffering. Put on love so we can love the unlovable. Put on love of Christ so we can love our enemies. Ooh. Put on love so we can love our enemies. Jesus said, you, you, you heard it, that you love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those that persecute you. God, help us to love the ones that irritate us. God, help us to love the ones that have injured us. We need to put on the supreme love because it reflects Jesus. And let me tell you something else. God's supreme love can heal your hurts. God's supreme love can heal your brokenness, can heal your bitterness. God's supreme love can heal your marriage issue, your family issue, your friend issue. God's supreme love is the greatest of all, and it has power to conquer. It has power to heal. It can, it can cover a multitude of sin. God's love is the greatest, and it can heal you because God is love. And we need God's love more than ever, his supreme love. And the only way you can have that supreme love is the Pastor Kevin, if you and the team want to come, uh, we'll close this thing down here in just a minute. It's by making sure that you have received the love of Jesus Christ in your own life. Listen, if you want, God is the source of supreme love. And you, you, that love flows in you and through you through a relationship with Jesus Christ. I can put on love because Jesus has loved me. The Bible says God loved us first. Aren't you thankful that God loves you despite who we are? Our, listen, you may be here today and you feel unlovable because of your sins, your past, your flaws, your failures, your whatevers, friend. But I'm here to tell you, God loves you with a supreme love, a supreme love, a sincere love, a supportive love. He wants to help you. And it all starts when you surrender your life to Jesus Christ for him to be your Lord and to be your Savior well I come to church no I'm not listen I'm not talking about coming to church and you need to come to church what I'm talking about is a relationship with Jesus Christ that you have accepted his love into your life if you ever wonder and doubt that the Lord loves you you just look to the cross look to the cross 
and when you'll see the love of God. Jesus died for every one of us in this room today. Aren't you thankful for that? Romans 5, 8 says this right here, that God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How many of you are thankful that Jesus Christ died for you? Died for our sins. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The only way, the only way, the only way to put on love is to put on Christ by believing and receiving him, repenting of your sins, receiving him into your life to be your Lord and to be your Savior. You have to receive the love of God in your heart. Have you done that today? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Friend, he loves you. Don't think you got to have it all in order and that you got to have it all fixed and before you can surrender your life to Christ and commit your life to Christ. What Jesus wants is what he declares in his word, that he wants you to repent. Repent of your sins. Repent. Turn, 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 turn from sin. Turn from embracing sin and living for sin and self and, and turn to him and receive him. And trust him and what he did for you on the cross and through the resurrection where he conquered death, hell, and the grave. And because he's alive, you can live forever too in a place called heaven. Don't you want to go to heaven? Don't you want to go to heaven? Don't you want to go to heaven? Come on, friend. Would you bow your heads, please? Nobody looking around. Holy Spirit, have your way. Christians, pray. If there be just one, Lord, that's not sure today that they have accepted you into their life, received you, repented of their sins, but they want to be sure. They want, that, they want heaven to be in their future. They want to know they're going to be with you forever and ever in a place called heaven. And they're ready to follow you. I pray that today would be the day of salvation. Friend, nobody looking around. Nobody looking around. It's just between you and the Lord right this minute, right this second, this very moment. And you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. You want, to, you want to repent. You want to place your faith in him. Or maybe you just want to rededicate your life. Would you just lift your hand and say, that's me right now. I, I want you to pray for me. I'm not going to embarrass you, I promise you. Would you, just, would you raise your hand real high where I could see it? Would you be bold enough to say, I need, I need the love of God. I need the love of Christ. I need him to save me today. Praise the Lord. God bless you, son. God bless you, man. You can put that hand down right now. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. Listen, there's a couple of hands that have been raised. And these people have been prayed for for a long time. And let's pray right now with them. Father, I can never thank you enough for your love. God, your love is sincere and it's supportive and it's the greatest. It's supreme. And your love can change me. Your love can save me. 
And I come to you now, Lord, before you, and I admit to you I'm a sinner. And I repent. I repent of my sin. I repent. I turn from it right now, Lord, by faith, by faith. I turn. And I receive you, Lord Jesus, into my life. And I believe, I believe, and I confess with my mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead, and you are alive. And because you're alive, I can live forever, too. And I'm putting my trust in you right now, Lord. I'm putting my trust in you right now. I'm committing my life to you, Jesus. Take my life just like I am right now, Lord, and just change me, transform me. Fill me with your love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for cleansing me. Thank you for the blood that washes away our sins. Thank you for, Lord, that my sins, God, have been cast as far as the east is from the west. Thank you, Lord, that I am a new creation in Christ. My name is written down in glory. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And I thank you, Lord, for the work of the cross. And I thank you for the empty grave. And I give it all to you today in the name of Jesus. Amen.